Hi bosses, it's LG and we're back with a very, very entertaining episode. This episode especially, I encourage you to check out my Instagram at lilygracelifestyle because we're talking about a number of really cool, interesting objects that my guest Chris Huff brought on and Amy, my boss, actually comes on this episode as well as a guest and I'm so excited about this one. So check out my Instagram if you want to see visuals of what we're talking about this episode is truly groovy, gnarly, and just so interesting. You're going to hear things that sound like they're out of a movie, so stay tuned. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Lily Grace Lifestyle Podcast. Today we have Chris Huff, and we're going off the cuff with Huff today. <laughs> it is an open mic, so thank you so much for coming on today. <laughs> oh, that's great. No, I, I love this kind of thing, Lily Grace. Yeah, you are a character, and Amy's here too. Amy Gravard's my boss, if you didn't Hi. know that. We have so so much good synergy, and then when I met Chris, I was like, we have to get you on. <laughs> so first and foremost, what defines your lifestyle, Chris? Um, I would say enthusiasm defines my lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Getting excited about things and being creative. And that's what I try to bring to the table every time I, I meet people. I love that. And what about you, Amy? Good design, good people. Yeah. Good energy. Good energy. I like yeah, that one, too. I like that. I we like have good that. energy right here, though. Yeah, we really yeah, do. We do. Like I was saying, we have really good synergy, and I think that's what we're protecting at this point, because it's just like works. <laughs> right. And when it works, you can take it to the highest levels ever. Well, that's where oh, we want to sure. go. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Chris is in sales. Um, as well. And that's how we met. Do you want to tell us a little bit about how you got into that? Well, sure. Yeah. So right now I sell Tarket flooring. Mm -hmm. um, so obviously um, it's all flooring products. We have everything from Robert carpet, LVT, all the transitions that go in with that. Um, but I wasn't always on the floor. Okay. I've been building, <laughs> I've been in building products for about 20 years now. Right. Yeah. So when I first started, um, I was, uh, I worked for a distributor out in Manhattan called Manhattan laminates. Oh. So we were selling every laminate that you could think of. Formica, Abet Laminati, Wilson Art, Pionite, Nevamar. And in Manhattan, they used it a lot back then around the turning of the century because all the supers would, would have a wood shop in the basement and they would buy these things for you know the apartments or the offices. And along with that, we also sold hinges and plywood and cool. glue. And that's how I got started in it. Huh, um, so yeah, so I was on the counter, on the wall. <laughs> and then uh, one of the manufacturers picked me up, Accuride, drawer slides. Mm -hmm. And oh, so we, so I worked for the mill. Uh, they were based in um, Santa, Fring, Santa Fe Springs, California. And uh, I had a territory of New England okay. and upstate New York. And so then I was in the cabinet. And that was fun. We would sell drawer slides and pocket doors, mm -hmm. TV swivels these types of things. Um, and uh, eventually um, I went into Panalam Industries okay. and we sold panels and we sold melamine like this table right here. I don't know if this is melamine, but you know, to make furniture out of, um, and it was colors. And then I landed on the floor. So <laughs> I like to be a resource in all, in all of the building products, you know. Wow. And did you always sell to architects and designers? So in the beginning, I was selling more to like what we would call fabricators and woodworkers, like yeah. your husband's. Um, place mm -hmm. um and then i did and, and then I, I crossed over towards um design and specification driving the spec 
you know, because drawer sites are not that jazzy, (laughs) but so, but they still need to be specified. And so we would work with spec writers and get them specified. And then eventually I started calling the architects and designers. Amazing. Wow. That is so cool. And Amy, do you want to tell people how you started out? I was doing ceramics. I was a potter. And then I thought, I'm going to be a 60-year-old waitress if I don't stop waitressing. And some of the girls that I was waitressing with were were 60-year-old waitresses. Because I'm 60-something now. And (laughs) um, if Durgan Park hadn't closed, some of those young girls that I was with were still working. Oh, you were at Durgan Park. I was at Durgan Park. Oh, I used to love that seafood tower. Yeah, I just love working there. So um, I asked my friend, John Meyer, I decided, I sat on my kitchen chair and I just stared at the wall and I'm like, what am I going to do? Who am I going to be? I wanted to be somebody who went into the restaurant, not serve the people in the restaurant. Yeah. And then I thought, I like architecture, I like interiors. So my friend, John Meyer of Meyer and Meyer, um, I asked him because he was like the architect I knew um, what he thought I should do. And he hired me because his wife was about to have a baby. Her second baby and I became her assistant and that kind of got me into the business and that's pretty cool I started doing interiors and going to the BAC and then eventually um and I worked for them and then I got another job working for Loy Hack Interiors and I got pregnant and then I thought I can't go to school and work and you know do all of this at the same time so I worked and then I took some time off with the kids but then when I went back I wasn't going to make enough money to cover daycare sure with you know so i ended up i did go back after seven months but then i was like i waitressed again and then i would sell all the specials and people kept saying you should go into sales so i thought well i could sell furniture because i love furniture and then i could sell to architects and designers and that that was great because i was that person right right so it was so natural it was natural and that's how i got into it and i worked for a dealer um and that was bought out by Peabody. And then I worked for Bob Ritz for 11 years doing mm-hmm. A&D and then um, took a couple of years off and then opened my own firm. Hung your own shingle, as, as they my, say. My husband forced me to go. He did? Life. That's what he said? Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's like, you're not going to take all your relationships and everything and give it to somebody else who's not going to appreciate you. Yeah. Which is which is true. That um, is so true. Um, going back to um, the restaurant, though, I really think anyone, like if I give advice to anyone, wait tables for a little while because you're going to get to know people Mm -hmm. you're going to get to know people and a lot of people are miserable and you got to figure out how to make them happy it's multitasking it's everything it's psychology it's like i learned like if somebody wants a hot dog or a prime rib treat them the same treat treat them the same right and and you can make some quick money you know that's always a detractive thing but it's we are waitresses to architects yeah that's what you designer. say big time yeah we have rushes everybody has meetings in the same day that's mm-hmm. what we do that's right you said you want to sell chairs like pizza yeah <laughs> pizza parlors make a lot of money which is true though like the rush that's like the rush yeah you're working five tables in a section it's dinner time on a friday night i mean you're just moving and grooving for sure, for sure. Yeah. And nobody died if they didn't get their fish. No, no. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's true. That is so true. I love that. Oh my gosh. I love both of those stories. <laughs> and then you two crossed paths at Sasaki, the design firm. Yeah. A couple of years ago, we were doing it's something fun. Show. It was a it was trade, trade show. show. It was, I can still remember, it was, uh, it was I think it was St. Patrick's Day. Oh, that's so so I had I, I had some green stuff that we stopped and got, you know, just to make it fun. And she and I just hit it off. And yeah. we talked about doing something, and, and it he, took us two years to make it happen. Right. right. We did it. We did we it. Did we did it. And we had a great time. Because <laughs> right. we have to do something with Chris. We 
And then Lily Grace makes stuff. Well, they, well yeah, she definitely does. <laughs> oh, and the thing and is, I don't forget things. So that's yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it works. But that was like when we planned that, you know, after this pandemic, that was one of the first things out it of the great. gate, you it know? Great. I mean, we're still kind of like, hey, what's going on as far as bigger it was a beautiful places? Event. It was a beautiful afternoon. Yeah. And we did summertime. a little event at the Intercontinental, gorgeous view. We had wonderful people there. Mm -hmm. And everybody, and it was outside. It was yeah, and it was beautiful. Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah, and I think events like that is are so much more valuable than going in for a lunch and learn yeah, or coming in in the afternoon. You get people off site. Yeah, it's more memorable. It's it's more memorable. You're not really talking about products. You're getting to know the person. Exactly. And you know the relationship is so key. Oh, yeah, for sure. and we did. We, we had great met some people. new people too. And we had some people. great people show up. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, Chris. If you can't see, we're going to take a picture and I'll post it. But um, he brought an amount of things, crazy things. So can you tell us what's in the spark box? Okay. So yeah, I've got a bunch of items. I like to show up with show and tell items a lot just to kind of keep things you know, moving. So <laughs> this spark box that I have um, during COVID, we, um, we worked with our marketing team and our, our design people and A&D people. And we would um, we put together this little spark box, right? Because we weren't people weren't at their offices, and in here it's just basically showing you um, the different product lines that Tarket offers. And I always like to say that we are an aircraft carrier when it comes to flooring. <laughs> We've got everything on the ship, and here's uh, rubber goods. Nice. We've got linoleum, which is you know um, great, very green transitions. We also have, um, this is a Suzanne Tick collection that came out, Light, nice. light Shift collection. You can see her logo right there. Nice. And, um, you know, the Cove base. Oh, very you know, nice. That, um, just aluminum? Uh, yeah, it looks like aluminum, exactly. There's That's a lot lucky. of um, metal-looking um, styles with that. And you can get a different profile on it, so it does almost look like, yeah. you know, a wood, um, we call that trim. Then you have LVT, which is one of the hottest things right now. Oh, on the Luxury floor. vinyl yeah. tile. Yeah. Um, same as this, some sheet goods and carpet tile. Nice. So, so yeah, so we sent this out to kind of spark some interest, you know, people can poke around and maybe think about, you know, what, you know, what their needs are. And we put a little something in there too, like um, some candies or Cute. we had a water bottle in there. Cute. And that was during COVID? That was during COVID, yeah. And it yeah. actually, you know, next thing you know, you're getting a call. Yeah, very sweet. You know, and people call to thank you. They call to thank you. And then you start talking to them. Yeah. And, you know, things happen. And I think that it's, it's such an organic way for, yeah. you know, sales or just, you know. Yeah, that's wonderful. And some people, we, we've done some boxes like that before early on, and some people from Loom did some boxes like that. It's got to be hard to put a, a, a chair in a box. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we're not going to put chairs in a yeah, box. Sorry. You probably put those finishes, though, right? Yeah. Different finishes and yeah, stuff. Yeah, you can do it. Some you brochures it. and Fabrics, stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, my whole thing is always leave something behind, right? Mm -hmm. Come in with some gadget, because then if it's, it kind of pivots you over to that so that it becomes not as awkward if you're, you know, looking 
someone for the first time. Right. You know, yeah, you, don't you feel like that? Right. And then I do, I do. And I have like different ways to do that. So right. Things, you know, you put a little fruit, but then you put your card and yeah. you leave things that people otherwise, you know, they just eat it and they don't realize like yeah, where it yeah, came yeah. from or what's happening. Right. Yeah. You always want to just somehow it's marketing. And you taught me too, not to buy like the sugary stuff in the morning for people get the yeah. European healthy breakfast, right? The fruit and the bread, get and the... stuff that you're going to want to eat, that yeah. you're going to want to eat. Yeah. Right. And that will be a little different than the normal, like donuts or cookies yeah. or it's good Donuts or bagels. Or... <laughs> oh, I love bagels. I know we love these things, but it's good to like do that. I but really so like, and, and also, I also like to do that and leave behind. Like, so I was just telling you that, you know, we're an aircraft carrier. So I put together this little card that I would send out and it's actually the second version of it because I put a mask on it oh, um, but it's basically showing you all our product lines and if you notice I'm a little bit excitable so I've always have a lot of channels on <laughs> yeah so I thought you know here's here's the different product lines and then when it comes oh. to flooring we've got you covered I love that and what and we're looking at we'll be making it fun in 21 that's right right you're we're just the best because you make everything fun. cheesy yeah. lines like that I know it's not easy being cheesy but you know <laughs> but you're not cheesy like this no. is adorable this right? is like people's kids yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> and then here's another one that I did when I was with Panalam that goes back to oh. 2011 I forget what you're the, so creative I forget what the, what was the tagline in that one Thanks for your business in 2011. You made it seem like heaven. <laughs> and then so you've cute. got champagne glasses. What's your and... Like, what did you go to school for? Well, I went to school um, for, um, I started out at Green Mountain College in Vermont. I didn't know what I was doing. I did a lot of theater in high school. So I did theater and writing there. And nice. then I had the time of my life there. So I only spent one year. Um, so I was going to say, you're so creative. This one, um, when I used to sell fully extend, you know, full extension drawer slides, you know, that's, that's a so fully funny. extended Halloween holiday greetings from the smoothest slide guy in Boston. <laughs> oh my! Now God. this is what Payne Boucher bought a lot of our oh, products. Tons, tons. tons. I love that. They use these tons all the time. But it's something memorable, right? Yeah, and you I know, love this. You just these are now. This, okay, so this one I like. When I first came to, um, this is when I first came to Centiva, oh. and. Um, Oh, what did I say to my boss? It's not on there, but I said something like Saturday night. Fever. Yeah, I said, uh, That's sales have been so good in 2012. I hope that we keep them staying alive in 2013. Oh my God. And it's a picture of me um, superimposed. Yeah, I photoshopped that's that, and that's, that's our that's our brilliant. colorful floor. Oh my god, I love that. So these are just fun things, you know, to leave this behind. This is like art that you put in a diner or something. I love it. And what's this one? This is so great. This well, is Boston. That was actually no, that was on the hundred day hall. We can get it at in a minute, but that one was when right before the towers. Okay. In 1999. Yep, that's the Brooklyn Bridge. And here's what um, where I. Allegheny has these post neocon shows. Did you yeah, yeah, know yeah, about those? Yeah, yeah. So each year there's a theme. So in 2014, there was a nautical theme. So I rented over at that place, which is in um, the garment district. You know that place? Oh, I know the garment. Yeah, the garment yes, district. Yes. So I rented this captain suit and it was so <laughs> much fun. I'm walking around as a captain. Oh, that's brilliant. everyone's coming up to me. It was just it was so much that's fun. Great. My I boss is like, where'd that. you get that? I go, uh, well, we rented that. It's on the expense account, but <laughs> he loved so it. You know? Oh no, it makes, makes everything work. So yeah. that's great. So yeah, I like to do that's those. Hilarious. I like to do the off the wall things to be memorable. What's that yeah. Well, this one actually, um, this one actually in college. 
So I didn't finish that. So I went to college to Green Mountain College mm -hmm. and had a great year skiing and failed out. Right. So then I moved to Martha's Vineyard and I was 19 years old. And then my folks were living in Buffalo. So I went to Buffalo State. Mm -hmm. And so I spent the summers on Martha's Vineyard, wow. made enough money because Buff State was pretty. It was about fifteen hundred a semester back then, lived at home and um, put my way through college but also spent the summers on the vineyard because I had a lawn care business out there. It was a lot of fun. Nice. And at the end of college, I went to be a school teacher, a high, uh, high school English teacher, seven through wow. 12. There was a, um, there was an opportunity to student teach on the Navajo Indian reservation. So this is entitled the American Indian project. And so after um, being on, I graduated and then I was on the vineyard for the summer, I went out to the Navajo nation and I taught them, for a year. So this is just a portfolio from, you know, what, I mean, look at the, my God. it was a very challenging spot. You know what I mean? But what it was, a, yeah, rough rock. It was rough rock. It was like one of the best things. I mean, yeah. look at this. I was in detention and you could tell they really um, listened to me. You know what I mean? Here they are <laughs> oh giving God, me the finger. You know what I mean? So, I mean, look at the, that's how much they loved marijuana. Look at that, how the, the precision of that person. And I confiscated it. Now I was only 23 at the time, so I wasn't so that much like, older yeah, than them, right. you know? And so this is one of the, this, this is the is portfolio. Oh wow. my God. So when we were out there. I was going to say, once you brought all this stuff, it's like show and tell. I feel like you could be a teacher, but it makes sense that you were. I could, yeah, I get, right. <laughs> my kids want me to, but. Yeah. And that, you know, I just kept, I, I keep all these scrapbooks, That's you know, so well, they're incredible. And, um, they have good handwriting. <laughs> yeah, they do. Right. Wow. That was, so that was the, look at where we were in the middle of nowhere. Oh my God. We were like miles away from a, like, you know, a grocery store. What an experience it, for a kid who's on Martha's Vineyard. I know. And then, and then out there. Good for you. Wow. Good and it, for and you. I still remain friends with those, some of those teachers. That is it was funny so like on fridays like everyone liked to drink but it wasn't um the, the Navajo indian reservation is dry oh. so i would be in the teacher's lounge as the youngest guy and they would send me to flagstaff three hours away and i would stock up oh for the weekend and then i would come back that's hilarious isn't that crazy uh, and you're 23 so you're i was 23 age. exactly it was, i was right that wow. age I can't even imagine. That's yeah, you'll drive three hours for a beer. Exactly. I didn't care. <laughs> no, and probably drink and probably drink there? three of them on the way back. Yeah, right? But it was really cool being out there on the Navajo Nation at that time because I didn't have a cell phone. It was very desolate, yeah. you know. And every weekend, if we weren't there because they were students lived, it was like dorm dormitories too that sometimes we'd have the weekend off and we'd go up to like Durango, Colorado. Wow. We hiked to the bottom of the Grand Canyon. Amazing. We went to um, Phoenix and Flagstaff. So it was like a whole new world for Martha's Vineyard. Totally, yeah. Like, what I would say was like, I came from the haves to the have-nots, you know? Yeah. Here's this little preppy kid from the vineyard <laughs> going out there. I even grew a beard that was like, wow. oh my God, like, look at that. Like I tried to look older, like, <laughs> I'll t I won't grow a beard That's again. great. You know? Oh my God. And then how did you start repping and meet your wife? What's the love story? Ah, you want the love story. <laughs> All right. Here's how it happened. If I would have met my wife, Jean Marie, when we were a lot younger, she probably would have never wound up with me uh -huh. just because I was a little goofball and I wasn't ready for it or whatever. You know, my twenties, what I always say for everyone, and now I'm almost 50 is your twenties should be a blur. You should do as much as you can, you know, and just experience as much as you can. And then eventually, 
you know, you're ready to settle down, I guess. Most right? guys, boom, boom, 30. 30. Yeah. That's so, here, it. so here's what, <laughs> so here's what happened. So I was telling you about, so I, so I was on the Navajo Indian reservation, but while I was doing that, I had a lawn care business out of Martha's Vineyard and I'd had it for about three or four years by the time I was on the Indian reservation. So after I got my degree, I went back and I had, um, one of my customers gave me the garage apartment. Um, as long as I mowed the lawn <laughs> and I wound up having that garage apartment, um, for 18 years, oh never had to pay God. rent. Oh and they were God. the nicest people ever. Jack and Missy, they retired from Manhattan. He was a world war II vet. He was also, um, the head of advertising for AT&T in the sixties. Oh he was Dan Draper. I mean, he, and you think about advertising at AT&T, that's like the internet back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the top. And Great so, part. Great. They were like, and and that's where, and you know, my voice is something that um, I'm proud of, and I actually do the voice over for the design awards and a couple other things. Yeah. And Jack had this deep bellowing voice that would talk like this, right? And I would go there every night, and he would start drinking doers at five o'clock. They call it happy hour for a reason, right? Yeah, they yeah. would not not until five, and they were happy, and they were happy, and he would he would put a head on it and keep drinking it, and then by seven it was done. And he was kind of hammered or whatever. Yeah. And, and, and Missy was there. Dinner. And then they'd have dinner. They'd kick me out and they'd have dinner. We just did this for a number of years throughout the 90s, right? Wow. So long story short, um, as I was getting towards the end of the um, 90s and I didn't get that teaching job, that I, was, I didn't know what I was going to do, right? In your 20s, what are you going to do, right? Well, I started a photography business and I had done a couple of weddings out on the vineyard. <laughs> um, I, I befriended this wedding um uh, what do you call those guys? The wedding coordinator. Uh -huh. And um, so we we would do different weddings. I want to show yeah. you the uh, setup that I had here. That's me and my assistant, Marcy, who's oh still our really good friend. And we set up at the Daniel Fisher house in there for this one wedding. And people came in for Christopher's Candids. And we would get goofy shots. And we were all shot with film. And we actually talked to the film people that were developing it that same night. And they processed it while people were at the wedding and then we put it out on the table which you've seen that before how they yeah. turn it around that was totally problematic back then but i always wanted to do my photography because i grew up in rochester new york um in a kodak family my grandfather was kodak and we'd get free film and free um developing um so anyway long story short i came up with this idea that i was going to go on the road for the final 100 days of the 1990s and this is in 1997 i was a bit manic it runs in the family. <laughs> uh, and uh, Emily Dickinson, I was very obsessed with her. She came to me in the darkest hours, and it was like I was like hallucinating. And there's a poem that says, The poets light but lamps, themselves go out, the wicks they stimulate, if vital light. So I created this thing called the Vital Light Society. Oh. And I started with these newsletters. Um, Here's these newsletters here, one of them. This, wow. So I had this newsletter, because back then it was snail mail, right? We didn't have the internet or anything. And um, I, I told everyone that I was going to go on the road for the end of, of the century. And this is like 1997, so people would look at me like, you're freaking crazy. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, everyone was crazy back then about yeah. the, the, the turn the of the and, and that poem, I forgot to tell you, that poem was numbered 883. And this is no lie, no lie at all. At that moment, when I had that epiphany, there were 883 days remaining until the year 2000. There true. It's all true. No, it's, I believe you. It's, it's like karma. It's, it's just total karma. Yeah. I'm so I spent the next couple of years promoting it. Um, I became an artisan at the Vineyard Artisans Festival. 
and I sold photography, you know, like greeting cards and matted shots. I made a lot more money mowing lawns, but you know, I had my stuff out there. So fast forward, how did I meet Jean Marie? Well, Jack, I was calling the Vital Light Society and he would bust my balls all the time. Uh, it's the flickering light society, Chris. You know, what are you starting some cult, you know, whatever. <laughs> so long story short, and I'm giving something away in the book. Um, there was a wedding that happened this past weekend. Okay. So just to give you, it's the 22nd anniversary of the 100 Day Hall. And 2021 is the same calendar year as 1999. Okay, so it's, we're, we're actually in real time right now as I'm reliving it on my YouTube channel and stuff like that. So I met Jean Marie up in Maine last weekend in 99 and I was going and she was going and it was just like, okay, maybe we'll stay in touch. Well, she was coming back from Maine. Oh, you liked her a lot. I liked her a lot. It was, you know, there, was there was great chemistry. Yeah. So she's coming back from Maine. I'm starting the trip. It starts at Plymouth Rock mm -hmm. where the pilgrims start, right? Because cool. it was close to the vineyard. Yep. And she just happened to be in um, at her friend's house uh, from college. She went to Colgate and they were in okay. Somerville. So we figured out how to meet up. Back then, I didn't have a cell phone either. Uh -huh. So on this night, 22 years ago, I met Jean Marie in Somerville. We went to this place in Cambridge called Shays. And then it was great. And then I went back on the road again. So she and I like would pen pal back then net zero was like net zero, like it was free internet, but you had to have the interface, you know, like if it was a local 603 number or 716 or 617. So we would communicate through free email. Cause again, I didn't have a cell phone. Oh, you were ahead of your time. Yeah. And so I did the whole trip and we, you know, kept in touch. And then she met me in Manhattan. That's where we got that picture of the twin towers. Yeah. She hosted me. She lived in Manhattan. Uh -huh. And then, uh, and then she said, I'm not going to be here for Y2K because nobody wanted to be in Manhattan for Y2K. Yeah, everybody was afraid of it. So the story ends on top of Cadillac Mountain in Maine. I know that. In Acadia. The, in yeah. Acadia. I've been there. For the first sunrise of 2000. That's the first light that hits America. Oh, God. And yeah, that ends the journey. I know. And then we started dating ever since. It was like, it, like it was amazing. Perfect. Oh, my god. I really like that. But it was yeah. funny because, you know, Jack and Missy, they had gone to Brown and I said, oh, I really like this girl. And, you know, you know, they kind of thought, you know, well, okay. And uh, so she came out, the first time she came out to the vineyard was like, you know, Valentine's Day, which there's nobody at the vineyard on Valentine's yeah, Day. You know what I mean? Me, I know. Yeah, you know. So it's like, it's like totally dead. And we went into their happy hour and they, oh, he was talking to her about Manhattan and they were singing songs from Brown and Colgate and all this and that. So, uh, you know, and yeah, I told you, you used to like to bust my ball. So I said, and Missy was there, and I, I the next night I put her on the boat. I said, um, "So, what do you guys think about you know Jean Marie? I, I really like her." And Jack took a sip of his scotch, and he goes, "She's bright, she's beautiful. What the fuck is she doing with you?" <laughs> and that's that, and that's how it was. That's awesome. Isn't that awesome? That's like perfect. It was so. It was so cool. And then, well, and then what happened was because I was living on the vineyard and she was living in Manhattan, we'd spend the summer on the vineyard. Oh, well, she was still working in Manhattan, and but how old were you? I was 28, actually. There you go. That's that was what, age right? Yeah, that's, that's um, like well, we didn't get married until I was 31, but yeah, we started dating. Me. That's yeah. what they say, like 26 to 28 is the perfect time to meet your forever. And it was funny because she was living in Manhattan and then 9-11 hit and she was a dot calm casualty so she spent a summer with me in the summer of 2001 before 9 11 and then 
So then I went back and forth. And then, so we were doing that. And I was just getting part-time work. Um, and uh, so it's coming to be the spring again. And I said, you know, I'm going to go, I'm going to go back to the vineyard. Right. And she, wait a second, you're going back to the vineyard. Well, what are we doing? I go, what do you mean? She goes, well, if you go back to the vineyard, I mean, don't plan on coming back here. I'm like, yeah. whoa, whoa. Like, like, what are we doing? And I said, well, what are we going to do? And she, she um, made me a resume unbeknownst to me and put her cell phone on it, screened some people. And that's how I landed at Manhattan Laminates. Oh my God. Is that not nuts? <laughs> it's like. And you did not go back to the vineyard. I did not go back yeah. to the vineyard. I was going to say, wait, how did Tarkett go? Like that all makes sense now. I did not go back. That was 2001, 2002. And then I wound up like getting rid of the business. A friend picked it up or whatever. And then. And what, what happened to your friends that were on the vineyard? Are they still there? Some of them are still there. No, but Missy and. Oh, Jack and Missy, yeah. they passed away. Oh. Not for another 10, 12 years though. And you stayed in touch the whole time. Oh, we would go, like it was still our place. Yeah. It was my bachelor pad. And then the kids, they got to grow up, you know, till they were about eight with Jack and Missy. That's great. And so, you know, we'd have, you know, we had, it was, it was a two car garage apartment that had a toilet in the corner um and you know like a stall so if you had to go you'd have to send everyone out and then there was an outdoor shower oh my god and we had a coleman stove and a grill and did they have kids they never had any kids so they loved you so, yeah. yeah so we were oh it was great oh, they were the my best god, I love oh, that. that's so that's sweet amazing. so it was invested in you yeah we were i was blessed definitely yeah. oh my god so it all worked out and now you're here with your wife today with your two kids yep yep we're right down the street in fact when when we first moved here into Roslindale, we bought, we were getting married and we figured out a way that was back when Hocus Pocus was happening, when you could buy things with no credit or whatever. And we wound up getting a, a condo from one of my lawn care customers on the vineyard. It was the smartest thing we did in Roslindale, yeah. you know? Yeah, that's amazing. And so, yeah, we had yeah. a good, we had a good friend right over here. They're, they're both doctors that was in an apartment. You probably know the building. And that's the first time I ever came into Brookline Everyone. Village. So many people. There was a liquor store on that. Remember when yeah. there was a liquor store right yeah. there? And I've been here since 76, but so many people are doctors because they can walk to the hospital. Yeah. And great school system. And in fact, right over there, this is not the right term anymore. But when we were going to birthing class, they called it ISIS. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. And it was right oh, here. You were there? We okay. were this oh, one right here. This is so weird. It was. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. No, because I had my kids around that. Yeah, yeah right. I it, it was just. <laughs> It's just so weird how all that works out. And then this last year, um, my wife and I bought a house on the vineyard. So, because oh, no we, we lost that place when they passed away back in 2013. Mm -hmm. And then we weren't back and forth, but then That's things have a way of working out. Because I, yeah. when I was living on the vineyard, I worked for a lot of retired, smart people. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I was their right. caretaker and they always, and I kept in touch with them, pen pals. Yeah. And this one woman, Eleanor, was always sending me real estate guides and, Good for her. you know, and it's a way to go. it was just, and she passed away. But that same weekend we did a tribute to her, we found our house. So it was kind of like, oh it sounds like it was intended, right? Like someone's up there and she's like helping you out. That's so cool. I love that. It was so cool. Oh my gosh. So do you go to the vineyard? Well, now it's kind of like fall, but right. how often do you go? Um, during during the pandemic, we were there a lot. You know, we had just bought it and the kids were working remote. So we got to know the house pretty well. And then we use it as a rental property. So we rented it a lot this summer. Nice. And we actually have a winter rental right now, too. So good to know. it's good. It's yeah, awesome. exactly. <laughs> and where is That's it? So cool. It's in Vineyard Haven. Nice. So right when you get off the boat, if you go up Main Street, mm -hmm. it's right near there. Cool. Nice. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's crazy how like life works and like everything comes. It is so weird, I know. Huh? 
And can you talk a little bit about the book itself? Oh yeah, yeah. So, so the hundred day haul I came up with um, behind the in the what I call the mow zone when I would mow lawns all day. I just see <laughs> numbers in my head, yeah. especially with that. Emily Dickinson thing. Then I started counting down. And when I had that newsletter, I was sending it out to everyone. So the, the plan was, so I had two years to plan it. I had no money. I was busted. My credit cards were like 30 grand. You know, I was just a, a careless 20 something. You have to pay these back kind of thing. You know, it was, it was a cash business. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I wound up like raising all this money and to get on the road and then, um, and then actually did it. But the book itself, it's three parts. It starts out in 1989 when I'm a senior in high school and I'm so um, pussy whipped with my girlfriend and I get dumped. And so this guy, it's a, it's a fictitious character. Um, he goes off into the nineties and into college that way. So the backdrop is all about American culture during that time. Right? So you got the, the, the Gulf war, you got Clinton coming in, David Koresh, the Unabomber, OJ. In fact, when OJ was happening, I was living at Jack's house and he kept calling me Cato. It was hilarious. <laughs> so um, anyway, so yeah, so the book actually is three parts. And then the, the, the part when I have the millennium meltdown, it's like, it's, it's totally good because, you know, mental illness is something. And I was kind of out of my mind then um, getting very manic on the whole thing. And I turned it around. So that's like the compelling moment. And then next thing you know, you get to the, to the hundred day hall. Huh. And the hundred day hall is made up of 10 hallways like chapters mm -hmm. that are each 10 days long so we are in the first hallway right now let's see if i've got that so um this is the first hallway um it starts out at plymouth rock this is this is so primitive from when before things were not digital i did like an art thing so like i said we went to plymouth rock and then on day 99 which is today i took the boat back over that was Eleanor's Beach over there. And there's um, Gene's friends. And we I went over the board bridge. And that was tonight, 22 years ago. Oh my God. And so each hallway is 10 days long. And when I was telling you about the YouTube channel, yep. last year, I released each hallway from the video perspective. And I told everyone I was going to do it every 10 days, starting with September 22nd. Uh -huh. And it just got to be too much. So I haven't even finished it yet, but I got to eight hallways. Nice. So here we are coming back into it again. You know what? I got to reboot it because some, a lot of people got to do over from last year. Right, right. So last night I released it again, but with a new commentary in the front. Oh. So each hallway has a different name. Like the first one's called the launch. Mm -hmm. And then the second one's called the groove, get my groove on. <laughs> and then the, so there's all these different clever things that happen. Oh. And in this hallway, I'll be a spoiler. I acquired a um, 1999 Chevy S10 that I named the Millennium Falcon, appropriately for the Millennium. <laughs> uh, six days in, I crashed the truck. Oh, no. So that's what happens this week. But I was able to talk my way into another vehicle, and we were only down for like a day. I think you should just publish the photographs in your next book because th those look amazing. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think I should. I think I should too. Yeah, and then it should. would go with the book. It'll be the next series. It'll be the next series because I'm going to keep talking about this till I'm a hundred. Oh, you know? for sure. And I mean, should. who documented the millennium like that, right? No, no, it's incredible. That's amazing. It's incredible. And um, the book, I have to read. It yeah, out. no, I'm going to leave you the book. You guys yeah, get the thank book. Thank you so much. And where can people find the book? Well, it's kind of clunky. Uh, it's on Amazon. But there are resellers of it on Amazon. So some of them are selling it for like 50 bucks. It should be no. Valuable. Yeah, well, I don't know. So it should be no more than um, 19 
90 because that, that's the year I graduated okay, okay. and started. Um, but uh, yeah, I want to make it digital. I want to make it an audio book. Yeah. And but you, you know, your voice, of yeah, I'm going to definitely do my voice. And thank you. Thank you. And yeah, so that's what we're going to do with it. And, you know, life gets in the way with the kids and the family, but it's the pursuit that I keep you know, oh, doing keep each year. And keep pursuing your creativity because it just, it's so infectious. Yes. It's wonderful. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Like when I met you, I'm like, oh my gosh, he's amazing. Yeah, yeah. You we were we so all right. felt like that. I was like, no, this guy's Your energy is like. It, I feed off of your energy too. It's yeah, fun. Yeah, we all do, but it's great. And it bounces around. you want in the world. You want to be yeah. around people just. Yeah, so I have another one that's coming out. So oh. the main character in this book, his name is Patrick Finnegan. Now I'm, I am half Finnegan. My mother's a Finnegan. So okay. that's where I come up with the alter ego. He's born on the same day as my birthday. He's Generation X, which I'm very proud of, you know. Um, and uh, so this, this, this first book is, you know, the 1990s. The second book is from him right after the trip and then until 2020. And that's all that happens next in your life, right? Like yeah. he gets the job, he gets married, and then he starts his career in parenthood, right? But with the um, sales part, and I like the alliteration because this is called the 100-day haul. Mm -hmm. This one is called, because before I started selling um, anything, I didn't, before I started selling the building products, I was working for this um, Israeli guy in Dumbo, and he imported Dead Sea products. Oh, yeah, like so salt, muds and salt. salt. Yeah, those are wow. very big, and they have all these sales people. All these salespeople, and so... The title of this book is called Salts, Slides, and Surfaces, A Life in Sales. Oh, my God. And the anecdotes are going to be all those things that you, you know, if I could, like, I know you wanted to talk about, like, you know, what, what you know, when someone's starting out, if, it's all those things, all those lessons, right? Like, man, you're a nobody. You knock on someone's door. They slam the door in your face. <laughs> you know, you get down, you go outside, you kick the tire on your car. You say, oh, man, I get it. I got to go do another one, you know, yeah, and it's yeah. like, oh, you know, and it's like my manager in Manhattan was like, Huffster, it's a lot of numbers. If you make 10 calls a day, every single day, you might get a 10 or 20% rate. Right, right. So in the week, you're going to get four or five yeah. and you just keep doing it. It's the 80, 20 rule. It's the 80, 20 rule. Mm -hmm. You know, you just got to keep shooting at it. Yeah. So it'll have that. It'll have like stories about like, you know, crazy trade shows like Neocon, you know, <laughs> what goes on behind the scenes oh God, and the crazy rooftop parties, Oh my God! you yeah, know, no one documents this stuff from our industry like that. So I think that's going to be right. so fascinating to everyone who's just a part of this world. Right. And yeah. did you self-publish? I did self-publish that. That's amazing. Cause I was publishing my forte journal and my aunt, um, wrote a book, but she hired a publisher and it's hard to self-publish. So that's amazing. Oh my God. I know that was, a t I was so what happened with that was it, it was like before she's four is what my, my model, I'm like, was my daughter was turning four okay. and you know, I'm a slacker. I got 13 <laughs> channels on at all times. Like yeah. I got to get this done. Right. Yeah. And of course, Jack was always busting my balls. Are you ever going to finish that? <laughs> so on the 10 year anniversary in 2009, that was my goal. Mm -hmm. Right. So then I launched it. I'm a big fish head, the band fish. Yeah, and I approached those guys. They had a festival on Halloween that year in 2009. Mm -hmm. And I approached them, Hey, you know, I'd like to be a vendor and launch my book at the show. Mm -hmm. And so it went through the process and they approved it because I was promoting reading. Oh. So I printed like 108 nice. copies. It was called festival eight. I printed 108 copies. I wound up selling like 56. You know, I didn't, I didn't recover everything, but we had a booth yeah, inside the festival. We had all the credentials. 
And it was done. It was like, woo! It happened. Wow. It happened. And then, like in the self-publishing thing too, like I kept trying to get a review and get yeah, a review. Yeah. And thankfully, the Vineyard has always been good to me as far as press. Mm -hmm. So the Vineyard Gazette did a great review. They caught me another review. They got me into it because you know press begets press. Yeah, yeah. So it all it all worked out like that. And then now here it is again. Now twenty two years later, I'm gonna keep. I gotta keep plugging it. Yeah, you know what I mean? never stop. Yeah, we just keep doing it, right? That's amazing. And you're in sales doing the business. Yeah, and let's go yeah, going back to that, like my favorite thing, and another thing I think you guys should do when you're getting involved is I'm very involved with the IIDA, right? So in, it's like the crossroads of vendors and designers yeah. and people from all, you know, the people that have been there a while. I know it's a hard club to break into, but you know, you go to these events or volunteer for something like that. And I've I've wound up like doing the fashion show now for like yeah, six years. Video. And I shoot the I shoot the runway. Yeah. I don't charge anything. I just I just want to get the viewership. You know what I mean? Wentworth won the year before. Yes. <laughs> I, I think I was I was so sick. I broke a rib that night from coughing so much, oh but God. it was so worth it because blood, sweat, and tears went into that because oh, there was yeah. a lot of personality. All of them. All of them. And it's just like, oh my gosh! But somehow we made it. <laughs> yeah. This year we're having the um um what are calling rewind yes, the fashion yes. show. Yeah. So it's all retro. I like and I'm, I'm well, we're going to we're interviewing people that have, you know, done it before and what makes them come back. And I, yeah. I can't I can't reveal too much. So they might right. get mad at me. Yeah, yeah. And is it going to be online or it's going to be in person? It's going to be online. Yeah, so it's going to be a it's, documentary. It's a documentary. Yeah. Think of like VH1 behind the scenes, that yeah, kind yeah, of a, yeah. that kind of a thing. Huh. And then we have the design awards, which I just They're recorded last week. So. I've been doing the voice for that, and that's coming up on the thirtieth. I think. Yeah, I'll be in Maine, but you should. We, yeah, we have tickets. Yeah. For that, I think. So yeah, what what else can I tell you? Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> amazing. Well, did you bring anything else that you'd like to point out to us? Um. Oh, oh, this is actually really weird too. All right. So before I was selling, like I said, on the floor, mm -hmm. I was calling on cabinet makers and woodworkers, mm -hmm. much like Payne Boucher, right? Um. So. Think fashion show, okay, but not a runway, a track that's about 75 feet long, okay, and all these woodworkers and JP, JP hipsters, right, <laughs> Kenyan Woodworking, I don't know if you've heard of them, uh -huh, their big mill house, we would go belt sander races. Oh, I know, I've been to the belt You've been to the belt sander races. races. Yeah. So what would happen was when I was working for Accuride, they take the belt sanders and they dress them up. Wow. You can see this one's Elvis. This one's dead Elvis. This guy's like got all these Elvis ones. Oh, that was a huge thing. That was a huge time. thing. Yeah. And they don't do them anymore. They don't do, do they? them anymore. No. Oh we had God. great parties too. Look at that. Yeah, you yes. probably went. Yeah. So, so, so they they were over at the brewery where Sam Adams brews. Yep. Um, yep. That's Kenyan Woodworking, and Sam Adams would sponsor the beers. You know, it was a killer party. It's I killer party. Of them. They were just and we parties. at Accuride yeah. would do the pizzas. So every hour we'd have ten more pizzas coming from Zesto's in Jamaica Plain. And all the money that we raised would go to community serving. So it was a real awesome. It was an amazing. It was event. always on the Saturday before the Super Bowl. Oh, and this yeah. was the that was the Sander Dome. And it was just all these hokey fun. And all those people. handsome woodworkers. Oh yeah, all those <laughs> handsome woodworkers, right? It was so funny. That so was, yeah. That was a great event. I wow. I lived that era myself. It was Wasn't it great? It was amazing. And they would make like where's where's the other? Oh yeah. So oh, wow. we took it to the other level with Accuride. And we, um, this I made this graphic, and it's we incredible. we replicated a track 
And then we took it to the um, AWFS, which is the America, America's Woodworkers Fair in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. And we had customers participated. And um, Kenyon, I flew all those guys out to be the judges. And then Richelieu Hardware, which you guys are probably familiar with, they had all these locations, um, warehouses. And that fall, in the fall of 08, when the whole place was going like this, yeah, yeah. they sent me all around to run these belt sander races. My God. It was so much fun. Oh, my God. Tom's going to love that. You know? We went to those belt sander races. Like, we and we've got some videos we could share later on They're that. unbelievable. It was like a really, it was, it was that whole JP. Exactly. Was in it. And you were in it. <laughs> On the edge of it. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, you were. We, we got yeah. to look at some of the pictures. We're probably there together. Yeah, Maybe that's could where be. I met you. Could be. Yeah, so You know what I mean? Because you had all those woodworkers competing, you know, yeah, like they really compete fun. daily. That's hilarious. Oh, it was, I love it. it. Was, we, we had a lot of fun like, back then. I can't we're even old, remember. But we had a good that's time. right. That's right. <laughs> we were wild. That's it. <laughs> What is it? Yeah, in grit we trust. You know, yeah. <laughs> if you have to drink and drive, drive Belt Sanders. <laughs> oh, I keep I keep trying to get them to bring it back, but it's it's a lot of work. Oh, you I'm know. sure. Yeah. Oh, it was a great thing though. I know. And actually, in twenty, the last time we did it was in twenty fourteen, and the kids were little, mm -hmm. and we we took um some what do they call those things i don't know one of their little toys and we put it on there mm -hmm. uh, it was a skylander do you remember the skylanders oh. it was like this video game it was the yeah. skylander sander <laughs> and like we won not because we were fast but it was like we there's like different categories of the trophies yeah, yeah, we yeah, want best cool. family values <laughs> <laughs> so i have like and, they, and the woodworkers would make these awesome you know trophies oh my gosh this is so great this is fun yeah so um can you Tell people where they can find you online. Yes. All right. I'll do it. Uh, so I'm obviously on Facebook and Instagram, um, but I started a YouTube channel. It's called Chris Huff Hundred Day Hall. Um, I'm an analog guy in a digital world, so I'm not like always posting. But what I do, it's memorable. I have about 175 subscribers That's on YouTube. Good. Right. That's great. So. I'm all right. Me yeah. Too. So I'm always looking for more subscribers. Um, yeah, and uh, just out there like that. That's great. That's I mean, amazing. I'm on LinkedIn. I keep LinkedIn more towards, you know, Tarkat and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, oh, my gosh. This is so amazing. Thank you. Thanks for, Thanks for having me. Thanks, Amy. For oh, so, so much fun, Amy. So fun. We learned so much about you, and you're just so amazing. So keep it going. Thank <laughs> you. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening in. Hit that subscribe button if you enjoyed this episode. And if that inspired you, I would love if you shared on your social media platforms and tagged me at lilygrace underscore lifestyle on Instagram. Or you can visit my website at www.lilygraceyork.com to see my show notes and leave a review as well. I would love to hear your feedback, so please tell me everything and anything that you learned today. Stay classy, stay bossy, and stay listening.